Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Monday, July the 31st, 2023, at 10.34 a.m. Central Time. Now, today's focus, we're going to spend a little time thinking about focusing on anxiety. And the reason we're doing this is late last night, we started talking about anxiety and pride or pride and anxiety. We started talking about these concepts and hopefully, well, it's one of those situations where we kind of started talking about it, but I, I don't think we really fleshed it out very well. We really didn't. We just kind of, we just, we just kind of threw some of these concepts out there, started talking about some important things. And it's one of those situations where when I came up to the studio today, I'm like, you know what? We've got to, we've got to do a little bit more work on these concepts of anxiety and pride, pride and anxiety. We've got to, we've got to think about these and, and see what we can do. See if we can Maybe come to a better understanding of these concepts. Are they related? Are they not related? How do we understand this? And, and, and if you think about these two concepts, pride and anxiety, anxiety and pride, when you think about these concepts, it's kind of been a little weird and winding road that these two got brought together. All right. The pride concept, the pride focus really started because we reviewed a sermon on Jeremiah chapter 13. And for me, when we were studying Jeremiah 13, I'm looking at the object lessons. Okay, here's this object, here's this object, here's this object. But this pastor that we reviewed the sermon from, he he decided to say, Jeremiah 13, let's really focus on pride. Let's focus on pride, right? And that God was going after the pride of Israel and Judah, and he was going to, you know, destroy their pride. He was going to, he was going to ruin their pride because they were so arrogant and puffed up. And then we have the warnings in the rest of Jeremiah 13. I think pride is mentioned three or four times just in that chapter. So that got me thinking, okay, we need to do a little bit of work on pride. So I gave everyone some assignments to do on pride. I think I've already received some emails where some people have already turned in their assignments. Thank you very much. And I was very much thinking when I got to church on Sunday, there was a part of me that was going to say, hey, guys, I know we need to finish Jeremiah 13 but let's grab, you know, some concordances. Let's grab a Bible dictionary. Let's work on the subject of pride, almost kind of as a side study, as something that is adjacent to our Jeremiah study. But I stayed disciplined. We finished 13, and then we did kind of a summary of 14, 15, 16, and 17. So I think we're we're still moving forward in our study of, of Jeremiah, but it got me started thinking about pride, this idea of pride and pride and, and how dangerous it is to our spiritual life and, and the warnings about it. And what, what, what does pride lead to? What, what are some of the clear effects of pride? And so we, I, I still was trying to process all of that. And then my daughter sends me a TikTok video where a very famous pastor connects pride and anxiety together. They connect pride and anxiety together. And I was like, okay, now I've been thinking about pride. Now anxiety is brought in. We need to talk about this. So here's what we're going to do. Last night, I I played this clip. It's very short, but I'm going to play it again. Now we've got the full sermon. 
We've got the full sermon and we will do some review of that full sermon. But at the same time, we're going to spend some time working on anxiety and pride or pride and anxiety, however you want to say it. Um, and we're going to do a little bit of work on that as well. Does, does, that, does that make sense? I hope this will all be beneficial. I think it will. I think it will. Maybe I'll have some bumps in the road and some twists and turns. But when it's all said and done, if you and I can have a more biblical perspective on anxiety and a more biblical perspective on pride and the warnings about them, the causes of them, the dangers of them, maybe some ways to work on trying to, to move away from these issues that, that can only benefit, benefit, benefit us spiritually speaking. What would benefit me if I could speak correctly? That would be, I think, a, a positive thing. I think it will be a positive thing. So we're, we're going to try to get to the positive, but in the meantime, we'll have these twists and turns. So let me remind you, this is a TikTok video that my daughter sent me. In this video, an ex-Christian obviously came across a clip from a sermon by Stephen Furtick of Elevation Church. Now, I don't agree with any of Stephen Furtick's theology or his preaching. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, so much I could say about him. But this person obviously is an ex-Christian, so they don't even, they don't agree with Christianity, but they were really bothered what Stephen Furtick had to say when it comes to anxiety and pride. And let's, let's hear this. I'm just going to play the clip from Stephen Furtick. Now it's very small. So just know, I don't like in any way, shape or form to make any dogmatic claims about what Stephen Furtick exactly believes in regards to pride and anxiety. I think he's clear here, but the only problem is it's taken out of context, but we have the full sermon. So I promise you at some point we'll do a full sermon review but I also, while we're doing that full sermon review, want to be working on two, the concepts of anxiety and pride. And I think, I think, I think, I think, I think that that will be beneficial. But here we go. Here's what Stephen Furtick had to say. Let's listen. Listen carefully. It goes by quick. This is probably no more than 10 to 15 seconds. Here we go. Look at the word. Anxiety. Look at how it's spelled in English. Look at what is in the center of the word. Do you see it? Show them on the screen. At the center of your anxiety, if you really trace it, I'm not talking about a medical condition. I'm not a pharmacist. I don't know about all that. I'm not a neurologist. I'm saying spiritually speaking that the Lord told me at the center of your anxiety is your pride. Okay. Now we have already established. We talked about it last night. My first problem is, is God told him. All right. 100, 1000% reject that outright. God speaks to us through his word alone. And whenever a pastor says, God told me, then whatever comes next, you can't challenge. You can't question because God told him. Either you can only say, well, I don't believe God told you that, but he can say, well, I believe God told me that. And then who knows who, how, how do you prove that? Either you have a theology that says God only speaks through the word alone, the end, no more. He's not speaking in any other way. Unless, unless, either you have that theology, but the minute you allow that God could be speaking to people, well, then what do you do? If someone says God told you that the, 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 
basically what's the cause of your uh, anxiety is your pride. How do you argue with that if you believe God is speaking to people? So I reject it outright, just right there. I, God is not talking to him. God's, God's revelation ceased with his, the completion of the scriptures. I'm, I'm committed to that theological position. Now, so I'm already, I'm already against that. Now, second, however, even though I don't believe God is speaking to him, I am more than willing to consider, struggle with this concept that is it possible from a spiritual perspective that the cause of your anxiety is pride? I'm willing to at least try to search that out and try to figure it out. Now, he tried to say he's not referring to a medical condition. So I'm assuming he is that by stating that, that he is saying, look, if you have an anxiety disorder, pride is not the cause of that. So, but if you just have your kind of normal everyday anxiety, pride is the cause of that anxiety. Now, let's just remember when we talk about an anxiety disorder, we're talking about something very specific. So, and, and let me just read a little bit more, a little bit from this. I mentioned this last night. Experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or terror that reach a peak within many minutes, and we could refer to this as panic attacks, all right? Uh, now, the, the, there's a lot of symptoms here that come with uh, anxiety disorders. There are several types of anxiety disorders, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten uh, anxiety disorders that they have listed here. They tell you when to see the doctor, right? There's more information here. There's causes. Now, the cause of anxiety disorders aren't fully understood. Life experiences such, such as traumatic events appear to trigger anxiety disorder in people. And uh, you also, you can just be naturally prone to them or you can have an inherited trait can also be a factor. There are medical causes also, and they go through all of the possible medical causes. So when it comes to an anxiety disorder, when we're talking about an anxiety disorder, we're talking something specific, something that is diagnosed, that has other causes. All right, let's make, let's put that in its, and you need to seek the correct help and the correct care, the correct diagnoses, and you need to see what you can do, obviously, to manage it, control it, and to make the situation better. That's very, very important. And sometimes when within Christianity, when it comes to things like anxiety disorder or depression, we just immediately assume that those things demonstrate that someone is not spiritual, they don't have faith, they don't believe in God. There's something wrong with them spiritually, and that's why they're experiencing those things. And that has been historically devastating and detrimental to human beings. And the church should apologize for how many times we've handled those situations in a horrible way. The church has, does not have a good track record of handling people's mental health issues in a correct way because we all, like within some charismatic circles, depression, anxiety, uh, mental health issues are, are almost uh, blamed on demons. 
that you can be demon possessed or, or, or demon, a demon is oppressing you. It's a demonic issue and you need some kind of deliverance or laying on of hands or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's in the charismatic world. They've done a horrible damage to people along those lines. Others may not assign it to a demon, but they may assign it to some kind of sin. That it's a lack of faith, a lack of trust, or, or, you know, you this, or, hey, it's your pride. So, so that we have to at least realize that in many cases, the church has done grave harm in that area at the same time. And this is where it gets very difficult sometimes as a Christian and how to navigate these issues. What we have to realize is these issues are very nuanced, right? So, Clearly, someone can have a mental health issue, an anxiety disorder, depression, and those can have numerous causes, right? We can get into all of the medical research. They're always trying to change and, and, and prove how they understand these situations. Sometimes there's a lot we do not know. But while we're seeking and trying to understand those situations from a medical and mental health perspective, we can't at the same time just ignore how there could be some spiritual issues that at least contribute or maybe increase or cause more problems. So the question is, when it comes to just anxiety, when it comes just to anxiety, and we asked this question last night, is pride the cause of it? You're suffering with anxiety. Now, an anxiety disorder, that may be caused by something else, but could pride make it worse? Could pride increase it? Or if you're not talking about an anxiety disorder, just your everyday anxiety and worry, could pride be the center of that? Now, I think the I think this is a very important question. So we really have two issues here. We have anxiety and we have pride. We have pride and anxiety, anxiety and pride, whichever one you want to put first. I think we would we would have to say pride and anxiety if the argument is if the argument is that pride causes anxiety, then we would put pride first. Correct? Now, uh, I'm still giving people time to work on it, but what I did is I started looking around, going, okay, what what tools, what 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 materials do I have? And I found the handbook of Bible application, the handbook of Bible application, and I looked up anxiety. Well, it told me to go look up worry. So I'm on page. What page is this? Page 659 of the handbook of Bible application. And here's what they have. Worry, anxiety, concern, fear. Anxiety, concern, and fear. And we're just going to spend a little time. Today's focus, these are supposed to be short. I'm just going to spend a little time considering at least the first thing, like this Bible handbook, hey, you're suffering from worry, anxiety, and fear. What is the first thing they point you to? What do you think it is? If you were to guess, right? If you were like, man, uh, this person over here is suffering from worry, anxiety, and fear. I need to help them out. Okay. If I, if I look this up in the Bible and the handbook of biblical application, what do you, what do you think they're going to point you to? What are they going to try to help you with these issues with or for you to give you the tools to help someone else? What do you think? 
What do you think? Well, it's Psalm 37. It's Psalm 37. I was a little perplexed by this. I'm like, why Psalm 37? Why? Why Psalm 37? So, let's read. I'm going to read Psalm 37, 1 through 11. All right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you anything in the book right now. We're just gonna read these eleven verses. All right. Let's see if, what you think here. I'm gonna read it from the King James. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shall thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while. And the wicked shall not be, yea, they shall diligently consider his place and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. This is the section of scripture they offer. Now, if you open up again, the handbook of Bible application and go to page 659 and you'll see worry. And then in parentheses, anxiety, concern, and fear. And right underneath that, look what they have. How can we keep from worrying? So immediately they're starting off from a very practical, pragmatic approach. Hey, hey, worry is something that you don't want to do. Worry is something that is negative. Worry is something that can impact your life. Worry can cause stress and all of these problems that can create medical issues. Okay, they, they hurt your health. They hurt your mental health. So we, and you could argue scripture tells us not to do it. So we, how do we stop ourselves? How can we keep from worrying? And they give us Psalm 37, 1 through 11. Now, if you're to look at Psalm 37, 1 through 11, I think you will notice immediately because a lot of young preachers preach this and a lot of preachers just period because it's just so simple to outline this. You can just, it just screams, preach me, right? Because it's like, here's first thing. And you just tell people, do this, do this, do this. But I think it's very fair to say it's very law-based, right? Hey, you're worrying, you're filled with anxiety. Well, do all of the, don't do the things mentioned here and do the things that are, that are told to do here. In fact, just, let's just go through it really quickly. You can make a list right here. First thing you do is do not fret yourself because of evildoers. Do not fret yourself. Now we'll, we'll look at what that means in a minute, but the first thing is don't fret yourself. So now immediately you're being told to, to not do something. Don't fret yourself. Secondly, do not be envious against the workers of iniquity. Don't fret yourself and don't be envious. 
right? So that's the first thing. So the, there's two things you're not to do. Don't fret and don't be envious, all right? Then immediately, what are you told? Then now some positive things you're told to do. Trust in the Lord. So you're to trust in the Lord. Second, you are to do good. Next, you are to delight yourself in the Lord. Next, you are to commit your ways unto him, all right? Then you are to rest in him. Now you're given specific positive things you are to do. And then he returns back to something you're not to do. Cease from your anger and forsake wrath. So you're given. Now you can break these down. Here are the things I'm not to do. And here are the things I am to do. So if we break these down, I'm going to go through all the the things you're not to do first. So number one, fret not yourself. That's verse one. Envy, uh, do not be envious against workers of iniquity. Those are two things you're not to do. Also, cease from your anger and forsake wrath. Those are all the things you're not to do. Now, all the positive things you are to do, you're to trust in the Lord, you're to do good, you're to delight in the Lord, you're to commit your ways to him, and you're to rest in the Lord. So someone's filled with worry, they're filled with anxiety, they're filled with fear, and you're like, here's the, your list. Now, that's, that's the, the Christian way of handling it. It always is. Here you go. Now, you see, you've got to be careful. If someone already has an anxiety disorder, I don't think any of those things are going to be of great comfort. Not only for someone with a, a, a anxiety disorder, if they don't have an anxiety disorder, if it's just like normal, are they going to immediately take this list and say, okay, I'm going to do this. 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 You know what that could only lead to? That could lead to more frustration or more guilt or more shame. Now, immediately, I don't think any of the, this doesn't obviously connect anxiety to pride. It doesn't connect pride as the cause of anxiety. So we haven't even come close to that. But I don't know exactly how this is supposed to immediately help. Now, I agree. And when I say I, I don't know how this is supposed to help, it's only because I know this is law. This is telling me, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I know wherever a law is, ultimately, all it's going to do is condemn me and show me that I never do these things. Now, I'm not saying we should just avoid it and just say, well, then just ignore it. We know that Christ obviously... You know, he did not fret himself because of evildoers. He was not envious against workers of iniquity. You know, he trusted, obviously, in the Father. He delighted himself in the Father. He committed his ways unto the Father. Like, you can see Christ as accomplishing, doing all of those things on in your behalf, and in Christ, then those things are yours. Okay, so we know that there, that's where our ultimate hope and comfort is, is in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we see these things, and we do want to try to pursue this mentality. And I think we would agree, I think— if we could come close to pulling these things off in some meaningful way, that they would be steps and possibly helping us to some level with anxiety, concern, and fear. Put it this way, if we could do these things better, they would at least lessen maybe the severity of normal anxiety 
or maybe even help with an anxiety disorder. I'm not saying it's going to fix it because those anxiety disorders have deeper causes, right? Deeper issues. But, but this mentality would be beneficial, right? I, I think, don't you think? Now, again, with an anxiety disorder, you may have these deeper issues. But if you take some of those deeper issues and you look at some of what's being told to do here in Psalm 37, I think you would have to acknowledge there would have to be some benefit, right? So let's start with that first one. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. I'm going to find, I got another Bible down here. They start off, do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not fret. Do not be agitated. If we look it up, if we look it up in the Blue Letter Bible app, which is where I'm currently headed, if I can find it, here it is. And we go to Psalm 37 and we go to verse 1 and we click on it and we pull up the interlinear. Fret not thyself, or fret, fret thyself, is this Hebrew word. Here is fret thyself. One Hebrew word is translated fret thyself. Here it is. Strong's H, 2734. Hara. 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 Now, hara is used 90 times, 44 times kindled, 13 times wroth, 10 times hot, uh, nine times angry, four, four, four times displeased, four times fret, two times incensed, burn, earnestly grieved. Strong's definition to glow or grow warm, uh, to blaze up anger, zeal, jealousy, be anger, burn, be displeased, earnestly fret, self grieve, be incensed, kindled. It's to be hot, furious. So the the real thing here is not so much well, you could ask yourself, I think this is a good question. Now, remember, the issue is, does pride cause anxiety? Well, we, we could have that discussion, right? Now, remember, God supposedly sto- told Stephen Furtick, we reject that. But this is the question. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. Do not allow yourself to be hot, furious, you know, incensed, outraged over the what evildoers are doing. If you become, if you begin to fret yourself, become incensed, burn with anger and with wrath and with jealousy. If you if you allow that to happen, now this is the question: Would that add to? Would that lead to anxiety? Would that lead to worry? Would that lead to fear? Would that lead to negative things? Fret not thyself. Now, now pride's not mentioned here in any way, shape, or form. And to be fair, anxiety is not necessarily mentioned here either. But this is dealing with a real human emotion. And the psalmist is saying, we're being told here, fret not thyself because of evildoers. 
Now, why are you told not to fret yourself? Why are you told not to be hot, furious, burn, uh, just, just to be incensed? Why, why are you told to, to, to heat oneself in vexation? I'm, I'm using the outline of biblical usage here. Why? Why are you told not to do that? Well, we're given a specific reason. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Because, hey, don't focus on, don't get so impassioned and on fire about the current situation. Remember, what you see now is not how things are going to work out. Things are going to work out differently. Ultimately, God, God's justice will ultimately win. God's ways will ultimately win. He, he will judge sin. So don't allow yourself to become so enraged. Now, you would have to ask yourself, well, but at the same time, Aren't we told, isn't righteous indignation? Isn't it right to be angry sometimes? Obviously, there's a balance here, right? But in this case, don't allow yourself to be so incensed and burning with rage and anger that, well, you're told not to do so. And I think we can agree that that can work you up into a frenzy, that can work you up into fear, worry, and I dare say anxiety. So do you fret yourself? Now, if you look at this text, I think fret not yourself is mentioned a number of times. In fact, let me, let's go through these and see how many times we can find this. All right. So verse one, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Uh, Verse three, it's not mentioned there. It's not mentioned in verse four. It's not mentioned in five. I don't believe, I don't believe it's in six. Verse seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Once again, hey, don't get upset. Don't get mad at what the evil, what the evil are, what evil, evil people, the wicked are doing and them prospering. Don't get, don't work yourself into outrage over it. So that's two times we're told not to fret ourselves. All right, let's look at verse eight. Uh, verse eight, fret not thyself in any wise to do, do evil. Now, this seems to be the idea. Don't become so upset and outraged that you yourself are going to respond to these things and doing something evil or wrong. And I think that's, I think that's all the times that is mentioned. But fret not yourself, fret not yourself, fret not yourself. So when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to anxiety, even if it's an anxiety disorder, which has its causes and roots maybe in something completely different. Fret not yourself. You cannot become so outraged that because here's what happens. Think of it this way. Fret not yourself with this idea of burning, rage, hot, kindled, fire, glowing. You can't, there's only so much fire in heat and kindled emotion inside of you before it will just burn yourself up. Rarely does it hurt the person you're so furious about. It burns yourself up. It it doesn't do any, and I think that will contribute to anxiety, right? Even though this text does not specifically tell us that, 
I think there's a little bit of this. Now, you could argue, why do you get so fired up? Why do you get so mad? And does it go back to pride? See, now we could take it even a step further and then pride causes us to fret. And then that contributes to possible anxiety, worry, and fear. So maybe pride is the root cause. Now, now we could, we could, we could possibly get somewhere there, right? Now, again, the anxiety disorder has maybe trauma or medical issues as its real cause. The thing is, you don't want to add anything to that. You don't want to contribute to it. So I know people are criticizing Stephen Furtick here. And again, my main thing is he's claiming, hey, I'm no expert, but God told me. Well, that that that's problematic. This requires a little bit more finesse. Now, maybe in his entire sermon that we will ultimately review, and we will ultimately do that. So we're going to, we're going to do a lot of, we're doing a lot of the groundwork here before we review the sermon, right? And it'll be interesting to see how much of this groundwork may show up in his actual sermon. I think that it is very fair to say that if you're fretting, if you're, if you are becoming outraged and upset about this or this or that, I don't see how it doesn't contribute to worry, to anxiety and fear. It will burn you up. It will just, it will, it will, it will destroy you. It will, will, it will consume you. Now we could have some, obviously there's anger involved in this as well, obviously. So I don't know if you have an anxiety disorder. I have a you know, diagnosed anxiety disorder linked back to specific things. But I know if there are other things that I'm fretting myself over, right? I'm coming, I'm burning up and with, I'm upset. I'm, I just, the emotions are taking over. They're consuming. It's, it's like fire. What, whether it's over other people, what they're doing, like it will burn me up. And I think it only contributes to the anxiety, that, that's at least my working hypotheses right now. Now, you could argue, why am I getting so upset? Well, because is that because of pride? Now, now we, we have to look at it. I think what we're trying to, what I'm trying to demonstrate is we have a lot of these emotional issues that are very real. They're connected to mental health. They're connected to being human. They're connected to human emotions. They're very real. We don't ever want to deny those emotions. We don't want to ever pretend that they don't exist. But we also realize that some of those emotions can be detrimental to us mentally, emotionally, spiritually. We all know that. And we have to always look at the possible mental health issues that could be related to it, physical, whatever the case. We should never ignore that. But at the same time, as Christians, we can't ignore what could be possibly the spiritual things that contribute, that make it worse. Well, here... Fretting yourself, becoming burning up with whatever the emotion is, anger, rage, jealousy, whatever it may be, it, it, it's going to consume you. And then you burn yourself up and burn anyone else up. And that's a negative thing. Now, you say, well, how do I stop? Well, at least in this context, the answer given is, Remember, God's ultimately in charge. Now, the, the 
handbook here. This is what they say. We must remember that worrying is choosing not to trust God. Anger and worry, fretting are two very destructive emotions. They reveal a lack of faith that God loves us and, and is in control. We should not worry. Instead, we should trust in God, giving ourselves to him for his use and safekeeping. When you dwell on your problems, you will become anxious and angry. But if you concentrate on God and his goodness, you will find peace. Where do you focus your attention? Now, they just simply say it's a matter of focus. Hey, focus on God. I don't know if it's that simple, but I think it is. Clearly, the, the text of Scripture is telling you, hey, you need to remember that what you see is not the end of the story. And then what you have to remember is the, the wicked is not in control. You're not even in control. God is ultimately in control. And this is how the story will play itself out. At least in regards to this specific situation when it comes to the wicked. Because he says... Uh, look at, again, verse 2, speaking of the evil workers, speaking of evildoers, they so, shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. There you go. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Right? Uh, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Don't, sometimes you got to let something go, even if the wicked is prospering, even if you, sometimes it's just best, you're just burning yourself up, which then leads to the worry and anxiety. And even again, even if the anxiety disorders can caused by something else, that, that anger, that, that fretting only cr contributes to the, the problem, or at least ad it adds things to it. I think that's an, an accurate thing to say. I think that's accurately, I think it's an accurate way of saying it spiritually, biblically, and I think even from a, um, a an anxiety disorder perspective. Right? I mean, I have a true diagnosed anxiety disorder linked to, okay, what happened to me? Seizure. Now I got a seizure disorder. Okay. Uh, I, we could even go further back. Childhood trauma, all of these issues. Okay. Got, got it. Now I know this, if a situation arises, whatever it is, it's not even connected to childhood trauma. It's not even connected to my seizure disorder. It's not connected to my military career came to an end. And, you know, that, 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 that took away chances of maybe getting one more rank so that I would have had more money. And so my financial, like I could sit there and just look at all of that and, and, and start worrying about it. But even if it's not linked to any of that, it's, it's something totally separate. And I begin to fret. I begin to let it build and burn and glow. And maybe it's anger. Maybe it's whatever the other emotions are. If I, if I don't somehow do something, it will burn me up. Now, in the Psalm 37 situation, it's specific. Don't fret yourself about evildoers. About the wicked prospering. Don't allow yourself to become so angry and burning that you do evil. Don't do that. Remember, God is ultimately in charge. Okay. Well, then in every situation, is that kind of the answer that what I either can burn up about the situation or realize in some cases God's ultimately in charge and I can't fix that, change that. 
Now, it's not always that simple, but it is maybe trying to get my, to think from a biblical perspective versus a human perspective. Anxiety, pride, pride, anxiety, pride and anxiety, pride and anxiety. However you want to word it, however you want to phrase it. We, 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 we haven't figured out the pride part, but I want us to spend more time on the anxiety part. Now, everyone's upset with Stephen Furtick. Again, I, I, I and, and, and when I say everyone, I mean, obviously, this YouTube, I'm sorry, TikTok video has garnered some attention. The sermon, which that clip from Stephen Furtick comes from, has been viewed over, was like six million times, some crazy number. So if, if what he's saying is accurate about anxiety, then six million people have heard truth. If what he has said about anxiety and or about well, anxiety and pride, if what he has said is not accurate, six million people have heard something that's an error and could be detrimental. What do you think? So for your today's focus, I want you to focus on anxiety and I want you to focus on this phrase, fret not thyself. Look up every time in the Bible today where it says fret not. Fret not. Now that's using the King James. If you're using a different translation, how is it translated? In fact, let me just do this really quick. I'll pull up. I'm going to pull up Bible Hub and look at every English translation on earth really quick here. I'm going to look up every one. Psalm 37.1. Let me look at this. All right. Uh, do not fret. New International, do not fret. New Living, do not worry or don't worry. ESV, fret not. Berean Standard, do not fret. King James, fret not. New King James, do not fret. New American, do not get upset. New American Standard 1995, do not fret. 1977 New American Standard, do not fret. Legacy Standard, do not fret. Amplified, do not worry. Christian Standard, do not be agitated. The Holman Christian, do not be agitated. American Standard, fret not. Uh, do not emulate the wicked, neither envy the workers of evil. That's interesting. That's the Aramaic Bible in plain English. Fret not thyself to Septuagint. Uh, don't be annoyed by anyone who does wrong and don't envy them. So that's, don't be annoyed. So, but I think most of them are do not fret or do not worry. So try to find all the scriptures that say do not fret or do not worry or find both. Do not fret, do not worry. Fine, and just make a list. Do not fret, do not worry, do not fret, do not worry. Then you can say, okay, I am not to allow myself to become fret or worry about these things. Now, I'm not saying, now those are going to be law because they're telling you do not do something and you know you're going to fall short. Your hope is in that Christ did not fret or did not worry about these things. But then you have to ask yourself, how does that worry and that fret lead to anxiety? Now, remember, if fretting is worrying in any way, shape, or form, it's a worrying with an intensity. 
It's not just a general, it's a, it's allowing yourself to be consumed by it. It's allowing yourself to be burned up by it. It's allowing yourself to be destroyed systematically by it. And then you could argue fretting, worrying, concern, fear, those emotions, right? Are they not opposite of trust and not and trust in God? Something for you to think about today on this July the 31st. There we go. Now, I know I'm going to get some emails going, I don't really want you to pursue this. I don't really care one way or the other. I understand. I understand. But, hey, we talked about pride. Someone connected pride and anxiety. Now, I'm going to try to pursue both just because the, I, there's, if there's two things every human being can relate to, is pride and anxiety. Pride and anxiety. You can, you can relate to those very well because we all have pride and we all experience anxiety to some level, some more than others, some in specific areas and other areas we do not. So this also goes to a deeper issue when we have these maybe medical issues, mental health issues, and what way are they contributed to by our spiritual life? How does our spiritual life contribute to these other issues? How do they make it better? How do they make it worse? Now, some will immediately say, don't look to any, don't look to pride or to, or don't look to anything that would be a, a biblical sin. Don't look to that because they, they, they completely separate the spiritual from the mental and the physical. Well, we would not completely separate it. Now, sometimes Christians so look to the spiritual that they ignore the mental, the emotional, and the physical. What we have to do is have a much more holistic approach that, hey, there's these issues have mental health and and physical and medical causes. But then we can come along and go, but where does the spiritual add or subtract from? And I think it's worth our time to consider. All right, you can email me. News. If at yahoo.com, news, if at yahoo.com, that's news, if at yahoo.com. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. God bless. Oh, wait, 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 what am I doing? Once again, I forget that I'm doing, (laughs) I forget once again that this is a today's focus episode. See, I was just going to turn off the microphone. So let's do this properly. All right, let's do this properly before I give myself a panic attack. Ladies and gentlemen, that was your today's focus for Monday, July the 31st, 2023.